We want to welcome you to the New Song Podcast, coming to you from beautiful Colorado Springs. We love receiving your prayer requests and comments at newsongcs.com. Thanks for listening as Pastor Stephen Hibden shares an encouraging word of God's love. all day long what we think about God and what we what we want to believe about God but until we take the step and do what he asks us or what he's speaking to us then it's just it's just lip service you can say oh I love you Cynthia and then and then I can tell her she means the world to me and then it comes down to well would you just would you just do the dishes? Well, I don't really want to do something to show. I just want to tell you. you know, that's kind of how it is. I want you to be comfortable before the Lord, and we're going to do some business with God today. Are you okay to do that with me today? Would you do some business with the Lord? You could say, well, that's probably for somebody else because I won't need to do any business, so um, I'll just watch. But I would encourage you not to spectate because I, I believe that God always has some kind of business he wants us to do. And I'm going to start with a couple words that were given, and we're going to start with yours. Come on up here, Christina, and um, go ahead and share what's on your heart or what, what the uh, Holy Spirit was speaking to you. In Psalm 115, it says that we should trust in the Lord, and if we trust in idols, what is man-made, we are cursed. We, we will have no help. And to trust in the Lord means that we need to let go. And, and the picture I had is when our hands are full, we're holding on to something. This is where our help comes from. We think, we think, we, we, we see this, 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 that, but we don't see Jesus. We see just the man-made possibilities. And the Lord wants us to return to him, to repent of that. And then I felt strongly, for me personally, I struggled with death from childhood on. I wanted to kill myself when I was a little girl. And it took me even into adulthood, into my walk with the Lord when I wasn't, just not too long ago, I realized that death is a spirit. It's not depression is a spirit. It's not just a thing in us, around us, or something we struggle with. It's a spiritual thing in our lives that had one way or form to enter. And we have to make the choice and say, I put this to Jesus' feet. I will not hold on to this. I know that the spirit of death is so deceptive. You think, oh, if, if this person will die, I will be free. Everything will be well with me. We can think about death in so many negative ways, and the root is death. It's not depression, it's not negative thinking, it's death. So wh whoever is here today, if you're depressed, if you struggle with suicide, if, if, if you, whatever, death is conquered. Make a stand today. Say, Jesus, I don't want this anymore. You know, it's up to you to make a stand. Say, Jesus, it's not us who set us free, it's Jesus. And we need to come to his feet, surrender, let go. Surrender. Surrender means you, you let go of control. You let go of your ways. And receive. And let it be. And then we can stand up and sing, he's Lord. He's conquered me. He has redeemed me. So I believe that today. Amen. Amen. This, there is a process probably that you need to go through, but sometimes God just does it immediately. Would you just pray a quick prayer for us, uh, for anyone? Um, would you all just lift your hands so that no one feels out of place? Everyone just receive from God and just just come against this because death was a specific word that you felt that you needed to share that part. Share that and, and let's come against that right now. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, you are the name above all names. Lord, you said you lead us in victory because you have conquered every power, every name, every principality. And we lift up the name of Jesus. We don't come in our own strength and wisdom, but we lift up the name of Jesus. We cover this with the blood of Jesus. Everybody here with the blood of Jesus. 
and we speak freedom, we speak release in the name of Jesus, that every knee has to bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord, spirit of death and depression, you're conquered, you're conquered today, we loosen people here in the name of Jesus who struggle with that, be free in Jesus' name, and Holy Spirit, come, minister the word, make the word alive in their hearts, that the word is powerful and alive like a two-edged sword, and we proclaim that, Holy Spirit, for bringing the word alive to the hearts who need it. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome, awesome. We are going to um, have a time for you to come up and be prayed for. If that's something that she talked about that you need prayed for, that, that's also. God is our healer in all areas. So be prepared. Be ready to come up and receive your, your, your prayer. I had another word that was given this week um, through a text. Um, I'm going to make sure that I'm not... Um, Reading the wrong text. Okay, reading the wrong text. From, from my sister Sandy. She's a woman of the Holy Spirit. I tried to look for her. Where is she at? Oh, there you are. And it says this. Um, it was going along with the, um, the scripture that we lear learned last week in Ezekiel 40, 37. If you weren't here, you can get the podcast or, or um, just, just read that portion of scripture was a prophecy to our church and it says I literally saw a picture of the Holy Spirit wanting to work how some people are waiting in as you said then to the knees at the wave pool last week waves to the knees were literally knocking people off balance such as the obstacles that come our way to sidetrack us from going deeper with Christ we are no threat at ankle or knee deep you, have you ever seen those people in the water and it feels like they're getting not that just I, I see exactly what she means there and what the Holy Spirit's trying to say we moved in deeper and the Holy Spirit was the force leading us like at the lazy river it takes resistance to go in the opposite direction of the spirit then we get in to the deep end where we are submerged and dependent totally on Christ this is ideally where God wants us to be as, a ch as the church and who we are supposed to be. I want to encourage you. The Spirit draws people. You don't draw yourself. The Spirit draws you. They will not be offended by leading in the move of the Holy Spirit, prophesying, praying in tongues, healing, deliverance, signs, and evidence of God at work. People see transformed and see God at work. They will bear witness with the glory of God. And I, I, I agree with that. Thank you. Um, come on up here, Caleb. Who, who here, um, just everyone raise your hand. I'm going to ask you. Who here sometimes gets knocked down knee deep in the water? Yes. If you don't raise your hand, you're lying because you, you probably do. Get in a little bit deeper. I love that picture that you get in. And the, I don't know if you've ever been in a lazy river, one of my favorites places at a, at a uh, water park it you can't help but just let the river take you you can try to go the other way and it's a, not a negative at this point it's actually oh this is uh, i don't like that oh i like this and you just go with it and you go around and let the holy spirit lead you it's a beautiful picture so this this word has kind of been on my heart and developing as i've grown as a man and uh psalms 32 8 says the lord says I will guide you along the best pathway for your life, and I will advise you and watch over you. When I was in the military, our missions uh, were always planned out with clear objectives, and we had contingency plans in place for if anything went south. Uh, life would be so much easier if things were that way, and that we had our objectives laid out on a piece of paper, and we knew what to do. Uh, I have often found myself crying out to God, God, what is my mission? What, what am I doing? Why am I here? Why have you put these passions in my heart? And God's been speaking to my heart, telling me to make him my mission, and he will give me my calling. So I just want to encourage everyone here to put God first, put those passions first for Christ. He is your mission. He will give you your calling. And just like everyone else's words, he is in control. So when you give that up and you say, God, he's going to make you my mission, and he's going to give you everything you need. Amen. That's good. I'll get to it. That's good. Make him your mission. And your calling will come. It's kind of like the last sentence of my sermon. I think it says something like, um, you're not responsible for um, ability. Just give it away here at the end. You're at the beginning. You're not, you're, not, it's, you're not responsible for the ability. It's your availability. You just be open, and the destiny will come. 
God's the middle. You go through the middle and you'll get to the end and you'll see purpose, you'll see destiny, you'll see mission. It'll come as you're available, as you're open. Right on. Would um, our worship um, prayer teams, if I talk to you, there's just a few of you that are going to come stand, a couple of you on this side, a couple of you on this side. Uh, be ready, and we're going to have some time to uh, be prayed for if you need that. Just a minute, though. Go ahead, teams, come come up and get ready. Um, as I was sitting back there, um, this scriptures kept on coming. Um, it was Psalms 86, and um, I thought it was 86.5, and I, I didn't have anything with me, so I asked Chris. I said, look up 86.5, and it didn't seem right for what was going on. And I'm like, no, and it kept on coming, 86, 86, 86. I'm like, Chris, look up 86, one. And so this is what, and I don't know if this is for who it's for, um, but it was, hear me, O Lord, and answer me, for I am poor and needy. Guard my life, for I am faithful to you. Save your servant who trusts in you. You are my God. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I call to you all day long. Bring joy to your servant, Lord, for I put my trust in you. You are forgiving and good, abounding in love to all who call to you. Hear my prayer, Lord. Listen to my cry for mercy. When I am in distress, I call to you because you answer me. Among the gods, there is none like you, Lord. Do deeds that compare with yours. All the nations you have made will come to worship you before you, Lord. They will bring glory to your name. For you are great and do marvelous deeds. You alone are God. opportunity to get out of your seat if you need to. Could I ask a, a couple leaders to be at this area and right over there so that if people don't want to come all the way up, they can they can do it back there. That's perfect. Yeah, it's your seat already, huh? Right here and then over here on this side, one of you maybe over here. If you're if you need a prayer in your body, if you need a prayer for family, for um a sickness for a need. Maybe we talked about something. You want someone just to agree with you. I am coming against this in my life, or I proclaim faith in my life in this situation, financially, whatever it is. I want you to come to one of the, these prayer groups right here. Um, it's it's a culture that our church hasn't uh, fully ever been a part of, done, because we haven't had room, and now we do. And I believe one million percent that, uh, thankfully, that that a message, a sermon won't do everything it needs to do. You need to be ministered to. It's uh, People call it body ministry or the ministry of the body. We need encouragement from one another. If you want to go to the person next to you and say, can you please pray for me, that's okay too. But um, would you just get out of your seats and don't, don't feel embarrassed. Um, don't feel uh, nervous. Just step out and ask someone to pray with you and we're going to continue to worship God and then, and then we'll close in a little bit with the next part of our service. You can have one up here. There's no one right here. Come on up. Sorry, Beth and Derek. You can come right there.
sing that one more time. We're waiting here. I'm waiting here for you. With our hands lifted high in praise. And it's you, oh, we adore you. We adore singing prayer team. I love to. Um, you can continue to play. We're going to receive our offering in a minute. You can be seated. I love to um, rest in God and know that he speaks to us. And today we, we heard from um, Caleb and uh, we heard from Sandy and we heard from Mary and we heard from Kay, um, um, Christina. And um, amazing, powerful words. It's something about the Bible. You open it and you read. And at times, you feel like it's for somebody else. And then when someone comes and knocks on your head and says, come on, this is for you, it means something different. Um, and um, I encourage you to, um, if that spoke to you, if there was a word that was spoken in there, that you don't leave that. You don't, uh, the Bible talks about ground that, certain words sit on and sometimes it'll sit on some concrete on the sidewalk and the seed will not plant into the ground although all over my sidewalk I have weeds I don't know how they grow but sometimes they're really they're really stubborn and they'll they'll, they'll grow even on your rocky sidewalk but um oh make sure your your soil of your heart is um is in a place that it can just let the seed be planted and let it grow because God um is always about changing us. He's not about um, keeping us the same. Sorry, it happened on mountains. They either happened on mountains, around mountains, or on the way up mountains. And uh, 500 times the Bible talks about mountains. It's, it mentions the word mountain in the Bible 500 times. And in the Jewish language, in the Jewish culture, Hebrew culture, they uh, equated mountains when they saw mountains with God because if you got up the mountain, you were closer to God. Uh, you, you, um, it doesn't mean that you're any close. I, I, I guess if, that, if we carry that understanding, um, we live in Colorado Springs, so, you know, we are closer to God without even going. We can be right where we're at, and we are on top of a mountain compared to anywhere I've lived in my whole life. This is the biggest mountain I've ever been on. So you're welcome for living in Colorado Springs. God put you here on purpose because he wants to speak to you. And then you, if you take it a little step further and go 14 thousand more feet just think how much closer we can be to god but mountains varied in size in the bible not many are bigger than uh pike's peak but we see pike's peak every day i grew up not ever seeing a mountain i didn't have mountains where we were i remember driving through kansas and my parents would say when we get to colorado you're gonna see mountains i thought there's no because you look at the 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 landscape and it's just flat and you're like there's no way I am going to see anything and then I start to see on the horizon oh my goodness I've never I never experienced I remember the first time I saw a mountain I was amazed and we have every day we can look with sometimes they're covered with snow sometimes they're covered with clouds sometimes most of the time they're clear as day thank you God for giving us 300 days of sun in Colorado Springs but they are an example. They can be an example to us every day of, oh, no, I live in Color Springs. Or, oh, look what God has done in my life, and look how good God is. Today I'm using um, a lot bigger Bible. This is Cynthia's Bible, and it's got some great notes in it. And so I don't know where, who put the notes in. I think she, no, I'm just kidding. In college, I think she used this. And I don't know if I'm going to be able to hold this because it's so heavy. But um, there's a scripture in Genesis 22 I want you to turn to in your Bibles if you have them. Or you can look on something lighter like a, like a phone. And uh, Genesis 22, uh, we're going to go through um, part of that chapter. But um, Mountains always stand tall above everything else. And narratives in the Bible bring us one step 
closer to God when we talk about mountains. And I, my hope is that this series would help us all come one step closer to God as we study and celebrate these mountains and mountaintops experiences because God still meets people. What if I talked like that the whole time? You'd be like, what did you say? What did you say before? God still meets people. How's it going, Amy? Good to see you. Welcome. On the mountaintops. God still does. He still does it today. God still moves mountains, and we can still look to the mountains where our help comes from. And let's look at Genesis 22. It says, verse 1, Now it came to pass after, pass after these things that God tested Abraham, say test, and said to, I don't like tests, Abraham, and he said, here I am, and then he said, take now your son, by the way, in case you didn't know, your only son, his name is Isaac, whom you love, I know you love him, and go to the land of Moriah, there's a mountain there, Moriah, Mount Moriah, and offer them, offer him, what, am I reading this right, as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. Are you out of your mind, God? What are you talking about? Are you going to ask me to do something like that? I sure hope not. Would you bow your heads with me just for one moment? Not to uh, include God, but he's already here, and I just want to talk to you, Father God, and say thank you for your word. Thank you that how it speaks to us, and it is, as someone said earlier, it is living and active. And Lord, hear our prayers, hear our cries, hear our needs. But Lord, we want to come here today not just to get from you, but we want to give back. And I pray that you would um, share things in this word that would cause us to um, have the tools to give back to you and to those around us so that you may be glorified. Speak through this text in Jesus' name, amen. We made our trek last year to Pikes Peak. You can actually drive to the top. How many have done that? Let's see. Show of hands. Most people in the room have done it. If you have not done it, I would recommend that you don't. Don't do it. It's not very fun. It's scary. I thought it was scary. First of all, you pay, I think, $15 a person in your car, and you have to make your kids scoot back in the... Don't want them see. No, just kidding. My kids didn't come with us that time, but I would have had them scoot down if I. Fifteen dollars per car, and you're going up. And I heard there's a d delicious donut shop on the top, and that was. Um, we were wanting to get closer to God, yes, but our probably our our primary motive was to go try out the donuts at the top of it. And they were okay. They were decent, but it's not worth it. It's not worth it because you drive up this thing, and if you have any, I don't have any fear of heights. I have no fear of heights. I was sick to my stomach all the way up. I literally was sick to my stomach. I felt like I was near either throwing up or something. I was, I was in a bad spot, and I was thinking, I don't like this because there's no relaxing. Oh, look at the view, Cynthia could say. Oh, now, let me just mention a side note. You know, if I drive, I drove up the mountain, and she asked me to drive up the mountain. Often I hear that I'm not a good driver. Why would you ask me to drive up the mountain? Apparently, you trust me more than you think you do because you gave me, and she's worried that I'm going to wreck, and I'm worried that I'm going to wreck. I'm like the people behind me. I am sorry. I don't like my driving either. I am scared to death, and there's no rails all the way up, and it's not a straightaway. It's not like much like our lives are often not, oh, this is cruise. I'm just cruising, smooth sailing. It's around the corner. And what's around the next corner? Is there going to be a motorcycle coming around and it's going to hit me? I better be careful as I make the pin needle. I pin, you know what I mean, hairpin, turn. I'm afraid to go around it. Needless to say, it was terrifying. Um, scaling the narrow roads, and it's nothing like the trip Abraham made, but he made a trip up a mountain too to Mount Moriah, and it was not for sightseeing. The circumstances were very different, and God interrupted Abraham in the middle of his every day, before he even started going up the mountain, and often God will do this to us. He will interrupt our every day because he's got something he wants us to do, and it tends to happen more. Um, how many were here last week? Just raise your hand, and I'm going to um, 
Tell the rest to repent. No, just kidding. It happens more when you wade into the water. We talked about wading into the water. And the deeper you go, God tends to speak to you a little more. And often it's not, I just love you. You're so great. You're doing such a good job. It's go deeper. Come with me. I got something. Sacrifice your son, your only son, Isaac. What are you talking about, God, right? Sometimes in the middle of ordinary times or waist deep, God will call us to do something maybe that doesn't even make any sense in the natural mind. Christy's shaking her head because I've heard some of the things God's called you to do, and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. But it's right. It's right. Before, because he's planning to bring us places we have not been before. The place Abraham had not been before is found in Genesis 17. I don't want to take the time to go there, but I'm going to take the time to go there just Get the context. you got to know this. Genesis 17, verse uh, 3, he's talking about a covenant that he's making with Abraham in the middle of nowhere, the same covenant that is going to include us later on. This covenant is going to include us, so you better listen. It's the same covenant that Galatians 3 talks about later, but it says, Then Abraham fell on his face. Genesis chapter 17, verse 3, New King James Version. And God talked with him, saying, as for me, behold, my covenant is with you. He's talking to you as well, my friends. If you don't believe me, I could sit down and we could ex- I can explain it word for word how this covenant is for us too. And you shall be a father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Stephen or Abram or Sally or Lisa. Where's Lisa. I remember. But your name shall be Abraham, although Lisa is a good name on its own. You don't have to change it. For I have made you a father of not just one, but of many nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful. Would you like that for yourself? I will make nations of you, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants, and after you in their generations. It's an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. That's the place God wants to take Abraham. He wants to take him into this covenant that he's going to become a name that everybody knows. Everybody in the room, whether you are a Christian, whether you've ever been to church, everybody knows who Father Abraham is because he had many sons, didn't he? Many sons. And you are one of them and so am I. That's the way it goes. It all makes sense now, that, that, that song. I want to recount the story for a bigger reason than even that it's that it's Abraham. One, that it's, there's a covenant that's between me and God as well. But another reason is because Abraham is a mirror that looks inside of Nate. He looks inside of Christina. He looks inside of Emmanuel. He looks inside of all of us. It's a mirror that looks into our promises. We all have things we long to see happen. I want to see, I don't know if it was Caleb that said something like um, the mission, the whole thing, the mission, you, you, it's coming, just, just seek God, something like that, right? The mission will come, the calling will come. Sometimes we're looking for that dream, for that vision, for that seed that is planted to become fruitful, and we wonder where it is. We know it's too greater. We know God has called us to greater, and I'm not talking I'm not not talking to the person in the room that already is experiencing that greater destiny because the greater destiny you're experiencing is still probably not as great as what God wants to take you to. I can say that. I can be fully sure that that is true. God always wants to take you from glory to glory to glory to another place, to a higher place on the mountain. But often, if I was to take an interview, of, uh, a survey of the room and say, who is feeling like, yes, I am living out my destiny 100%, you would find that most of us would say, well, I'm not sure. I, I would like to say I am, but I feel like there's more. Let me tell you, if you're not exactly doing the purpose you know you are created to do, if it's not yet happening for you, the Spirit of God would say to you, He is positioning you and aligning you to walk into your destiny. He, it's in the works. You think, well, nothing's happening. Nothing's happening in my life. It's in, it's in the works. It may be the preparation stage. It may be the setup. It may be a new preparation You've been there, done that, and now he's preparing you for something 
greater. He might just call you tomorrow like Abraham received a call in his middle of his everyday, in the middle of a time he did not expect a call. God called him. But remember, if he does call you, it's sometimes or often not just to say, I just call to say, you know, it's not often that way. Some of you, some of the teenagers are like, what do you mean by that? Call to say what? I love you and I mean, it's na his name's Stevie Wonder. If you ever heard of him, you have to look him up. But David knows he's getting baptized today. When God calls you, Diane, when he calls you, Victoria, when he calls you, it's often for something that you, it's not easy because, because Jesus is with us, but he never said it's going to be easy. He did say, you'll have me with you. I'll be with you everywhere you go. Don't ever worry. I'll be with you. He does say that, but he, he also says, I will send my spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead will dwell in you and through you, and you will do mighty things through. But he doesn't say that it'll be easy. Where there is covenant, are you listening? There is promise, but where there is promise, or where there is destiny, there is also a process that we must go through. Well, I'd rather, not, I'd rather skip the process. God, I'm going to order. I'm at the fast food. I'm in the drive-thru. I'm at church, and I've heard of churches that have drive-thru churches. I, oh, actually, I've seen one that's like a, um, um, you come in, you, never mind, let's move on. Drive-thru church. It's not like I ordered this and I would like I would like compassion. I would like a lot of the fruit of the Spirit. Give me prophecy. I want to be prophetic. I want to be one that knows everything about everyone. I want the words of wisdom. And um, please give me lots of love. I want everyone to think I'm like the um, Mother Teresa. And I'll be, I'll be right around the corner and I'll come pick it up. No, it's usually more of a process. It takes more time than McDonald's, it takes more like Sonic, even though Sonic is supposed to be slow, fast, it's not. It's very slow. 30 minutes, you t moving on. There is a destiny plan. There is a process. It's called exercise. It's called practice. It's called test. It's called a test. There is a middle that you got to get through to get to the end. Um, Zach's smiling because I think I saw that on his Facebook this morning, something about the middle or something. And I have right here, you got to get through the middle to get to the end. Your middle often happens on the mountain, seeing eye to eye, man, or more accurately, on your way up the mountain. And it's not a straightaway. Often it's a twist and a turn. And God says, hold unswervingly to what I've called you. Don't twist to the left or to the... Hold. You're that means you're going to be swerving up and down. Be careful. Hold on to me. You know, my biggest decisions in my life didn't happen in large, at large avenues, at big uh, boulevards. It seems that they always happen on quiet, lonely turnpikes at night, wondering, was that you, God? Is, are, you, are you speaking to me? Ron Mel calls it, when God meets you at a dead end. You feel like, this is a dead end. There's no way God is around. And that's where God might speak. We got to get to this right now. I remember, um, let's look at Genesis 22, verse 6. That's where God spoke to him, to Abraham. But I remember when God spoke to me at a middle of a desert. I was literally in the desert. It was 150 degrees. I had no air conditioning. It was a small church in a nice little town, wasn't it, called La Sierra, outside of Riverside. And I was making zero. I was doing everything at the church, I felt. And I said to God, why did you call me? To this is not what I went to Bible college for. I'm not, this is not what you have for me. And God said, I, he spoke to Cynthia and I, I will provide. I will provide. And that's exactly where Abraham is. He says, God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, his only son, Isaac, on the altar. And Isaac starts to figure out, oh, I'm on the trip with you. We're going up the mountain. And um, there's something missing. It says, Abraham, verse 6, took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. He didn't lay it on him yet like he's sacrificing him. He just said, carry this, son. That's what 
sons are supposed to do if you're here today and your dad says, well, Abraham did it this way, so you carry this, son, and, and took the fire in his hands. Probably like a lighter, probably was a match or something, flint. And the knife, and the two of them went up together. But Isaac spoke to Abraham, his father, and said, Dad, I'm here. Look, the fire's here, the wood's here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? In verse 8, Abraham said, my son, God will provide. And God would say the same to you today. So the two of them went on together. It doesn't say the teenager complained, although I bet he did. Man, I can't imagine a teenager. Okay, Dad, well, okay, God will provide. On your way up to destiny, to your fulfilled dream, and your process in your middle, you may ask, where's the sacrifice? And God would say he'll provide. But I think he would also say, just came to me, is that you're the sacrifice. <laughs> you're the sacrifice. He, he wouldn't say like, hey, Isaac, oh, God will provide. We know our lives are being presented to God in worship as a living sacrifice. We don't have to kill ourselves. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We don't have to sacrifice anymore, but we are a living sacrifice. We are the sacrifice, and we just have to be available. On your way to destiny, it's your availability that counts. When God calls you, your response to his calling is not, hmm, let me decide for myself. No, just like your response to a prophetic word is to discern discern. Does this glorify God? Does this make more of Jesus and less of me? If it does, then I better wade forward. I better wade into the water a little bit deeper, a little bit deeper, because God's calling. And I, it, it makes sense in my spirit. I discerned it. It's not hard to know if you're pleasing God or not pleasing God. The word, if the word is yes, then follow the Spirit. Know the Word and follow the Spirit. If the Word of God lines up, the Spirit of God will lead you. Spirit and truth working together. Don't quench. As we talked about last week, don't quench what the Holy Spirit might do because often that happens. Does the Spirit line, does the Word line up? Yes, it lines up, but I don't want to do it, so I'm not quenched. You quench the Spirit, and then the Spirit doesn't lead anymore. He says, you quenched. I was speaking to you through the Word of God. You didn't listen to the Word of God, so the Spirit of God can't move forward. And that's where Abraham finds himself. I'm going to go quickly here. They came to the place which God had told them, verse 9. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order and bound Isaac doesn't say how he did it, but it says he bound him. His son laid him on the altar. You a teenager here, would you let your dad do this to you? Upon the wood, and Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. This is not a Bible story for Sunday school for that reason only, although it's the great story for a Sunday school class. It's amazing to teach kids about sacrifice, but... It's a true story. It really happened on a mountain called Moriah, and he gets ready to sacrifice his son. The middle of your test may not be as dramatic, but I bet the edge where God may lead you could seem just as lonely as where Abraham was right now, or you could call him Abram at this point because he's feeling like, I don't have what it takes. I don't know what you're doing. I feel like Abram. I don't feel like Abraham. I don't feel like you're going to make songs about me one day. But when God makes a covenant with Wanda and Dan and Stephen, he makes a covenant when he makes a covenant with Abraham, he makes it with us as well. And it's not based on your name. It's not based on your merit. It's not based on your earnings. And it's not based on your position. It's not based on your circumstance. When God calls you, he calls you. Do you know what it's based on? Do you know what, when God calls you, when you find what your destiny, what your greater thing is, you get it because you're great. No, you get it because he is great. Because God is great. Because you are his chosen one. You are his child. So if God is royalty, you are royal. You are a royal priesthood. Well, I'm not a minister. Yes, you are. You are a royal priesthood. You are to be a minister to others. Well, I don't have a position. Position is about worth this much when it comes down to it. 
It comes down to if you are available and you realize who God has called you to be. I have called you to be a chosen people, a royal people, a people belonging to me. You might be a little bit peculiar, as Paul calls it, but I have a plan. And you may feel like your name, when he calls you, you say, well, God, I'm fearful. That's what my name means. My name means scared. My name means depressed. My name means suicidal. My name means, oh, there's no way I would be adventurous like this. I'm weak. I'm insecure. I'm unqualified. I could go on and on. And God would say, yes, that might be true in the flesh. Victoria, you are a warrior. You are a chosen person, a royal priesthood to call people out of darkness into the marvelous light. That's what God's called us to. It doesn't matter who you are. And yes, some people, actually someone like Victoria, has some gifting on her own without God. That works. That's a bonus. God put it there on purpose. He's going to use that leadership in you and that influence, and then he's going to put that together with the power of God and the Spirit of God to change people's lives. Amen? When we grasp this understanding, when, say when, when we grasp this understanding, it's then, say then, that you will hear the words Abraham heard. He's getting ready to kill his son. He, he may, maybe he didn't hear them yet. He, this is Old Testament. This is New Testament. We live in New Testament days. And when you hear who you're called to be, who you really are in Christ, you will hear the provision come. It will come. It may be spoken in faith, and it may be in a gentle whisper, and it may be in the middle of nowhere on a turnpike, lonely, at a dead end, and you will hear this, verse 11, the angel, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. Now, he was lucky. He needed a more audible voice at this point. This is in the middle of, um, this is, this, he needed to make sure he heard him. So an angel called, he didn't whisper, he just said, Abraham, here I am. Thank goodness he heard this. He says, here I am, do not lay your hand on that lad or anything to him. Do anything to him, verse 12. For I know that you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son. Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked around, and what do you know? Right in the middle of a thicket was a ram right in the middle of a bush. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as an offering. And Abraham called on this place. This is a place God provides. That's what he does. He provides. I remember after we had been at this place, and can I have some music, my sister? After we had been at this place in the desert in La Sierra for a year, I, or not quite a year, not even quite a month, I felt like we're not making anything. What are we going to do? And God came through and gave Cynthia a job as a fourth grade teacher, made more money than we'd ever made, or, well, we are just married, so, but made more money than almost we'll ever make in our life. It was an amazing time, and God provided, and I could be the janitor, the landscaper, the, the youth pastor. We did kids together. We did worship. Oh, boy, that was not good. Leading worship. Can you picture me leading worship to a group of people? But God provided, and it was one of our happiest years of our marriage and a place that I thought was in the middle of a desert. God provides. Wherever God provides a covenant, he'll bring provision. He'll bring provision. The promise is there. The destiny is coming. The calling Maybe unsure, but God's got a promise. I want us to just bow our heads for a moment today and just say, God, would you be the Lord who will provide in my life? I feel like times, maybe you're in a time right now where you feel like, uh, I feel like I'm sacrificing my son, my only son upon the altar. God, would you just come through? Or maybe you feel like your life is so boring, you're not going up a mountain. You're not like Jared who takes a 14,000-foot trek every weekend. You just feel like you're just doing nothing. And God would say, I'm bringing you to another level. Come up the mountain with me. I got things for you. I got promises for you. I have provision for you.
Would you say to the Lord right now something along these lines? I know it's not my ability, God. I know it's not my qualifications. I know it's not my name and myself, but it's you who makes a difference. Would you make a difference through me? Would you say something like that to God right now? Make a difference through me, God. I want to go to another level with you. It takes more than just status quo. It takes more than just every day. And I ask, and maybe someone else would ask this too, in the middle of my every day, although I'm a busy person and although I'd rather you not bother me, I say today, honestly, I say, would you just help me to be more surrendered to listen to you? what you've called me to do next. I know that I am a descendant of Abraham, but even more importantly, another descendant of Abraham was Jesus. And I know what Jesus did in my life. And he gave me even a new covenant that says, I don't have to sacrifice. I trust in you and you have done the work for me. It is completed. I've won the race. I already have victory. I claim that. I claim that in my family. I claim that in my situation. Read on just with me just for a minute. Verse 15 says, Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham after he did the sacrifice. Verse 16 it says, by myself I have sworn says God because you have done this thing you have not withheld your son, your only son Isaac. Blessing I will bless you. Why does this matter to us? Because this is the same covenant he's made with you. Listen. Blessing I will bless you. And multiplying, I will multiply. Your descendants, you say, I don't want a lot of descendants. I don't want a lot of children. It could mean children, but it can also mean abundance in your life. Descendants as the stars of the heaven, as the sand which is on the seashore. In that day, there was no greater blessing than to have children. This was a blessing, and your descendants shall possess the gates of the enemy. The enemy. There's lots of enemies in Colorado Springs and Colorado United States. And it says that our descendants will bless the gates, will possess the gates of the enemy. And your seed of all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you, because you, because you have sat on your butt and come to church every week and done nothing. No, it doesn't say that. And I know that people get upset with me sometimes when I say the opposite. But I want to make a point It's not about coming to church. It's not about going to Bible study. It's not about giving, although please give. We need it. It's not about saying you're a Christian and acting like it by putting a bumper sticker on your car. It's about living it out in dangerous ways, in risky ways. And God comes through. And it says, in your seed all nations shall be blessed because of obedience. Because you have obeyed, young man, young woman, old man, old woman. Obedience is important. It's not just like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. you obey God, you will see blessing. You want, you want to see um, abundance in your life? Be obedient. I bet you the reason, you could say, well, it, it breaks down because that person, you know, I bet you if we actually, if someone actually would do that completely, you would see a, no matter what, the blessing would come because they're obedient, but no one can be obedient. It's so tough. And God's calling you to a higher, a greater obedience because God still meets us on the mountaintop. God still moves mountains. Would you stand? We can still look to the mountains where our help comes from. And we're going to do something again. And if you don't like doing it, you can stay where you're at and no one's going to... Um, judge you well I can't speak for everyone but please don't if you want you can be comfortable in the house of God welcome home but I would ask us to come together as a family even if you're not a part of this family you're part of God's we're going to come to the front part of God's family and we're going to say a prayer together you can fill in all of this area right here all of this area but let this be kind of like stepping out starting up your mountaintop 
because God's got some blessing plan. Would you do that? Just come on. Just come on up. If physically it's not uh, able to happen for you, God knows where you're at. He sees right where you're at. We love you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. I want us to say a prayer, but I want us to sing a song together. Let me tell you today, let me tell you something. The paradox with what I talked about last week, what I talk about this week, is that the river where the Spirit is drawing us to go past your ankles, I picture someone at their ankles in the river with the floaties on afraid. Get past that, past your waist, over your head. It happens simultaneously with your trek up the mountain. And there are times when God may remove mountains out of your way. But often it's the mountains that he's going to use to change you. He's not going to move them. He's going to use the mountains to change you. And that's what he did with Abraham. He might call you up a mountain. It might be difficult. But he will use it to change you and he will be with you. Would you say this with me? Say, Father God, we come before you in the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And we ask to go to another place with you we receive your covenant, we receive your promises, and we ask to walk in greater destiny. Make that personal right now. Tell that to God. I want to walk in greater destiny, God. Greater purpose. I want my mission to be refined. Thanks for listening today. Remember, God wants Jesus. to do the impossible through you and me. We encourage you to become a deeper part of what we are doing. Visit us at newsongcs.com and become a giver to the New Song Foundation and an investor in bringing this message of Jesus across the world. God bless you.